0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bare Minimum Babe. My name is Amanda Cunningham and I am the founder and host of this podcast. Today's episode is about money and I was inspired to make this episode. I'm literally sitting in my gym clothes after I went to the gym and uh, was like, you know what? I should do an episode about this. I'm going to do it before I forget. Instead of making like a note, I'm like, I have a half hour before I need to like shower and get to work. I'll just sip on my protein shake and I'll record this episode. So, this is literally inspiration as it's happening. So, today is about money and it was inspired by the audiobook I was listening to as I was stretching and driving home from the gym. And um, I went on a walk yesterday too and listened to like a good 40 minutes of it. Um, Anyways, this book is called We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. And I, I'm only an hour into like an eight hour audiobook, So I really like it so far. Uh, I highly recommend so far as an hour in. I don't know how the last seven hours are going to go. So based on an hour, I highly recommend it. But point is, I really liked what she was talking about with money. And I was already in my mind wanting to do more things with the money I have because if you were listen, if you've listened to episode 28, you should keep your day job. And here's why you'll have heard that at that time, I just started a new, a new full-time job. And I now have an influx of money, which I didn't have because the two years prior, I had been struggling to be an artist and a musician and like hustling from gig to gig and trying to make that a thing. And just two years, just hustle frame and scarcity mindset with money and anxiety, blah, 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 blah. And, I have now like an influx of money where it's not just me relying on my husband's income it's I have my own income and I'm going to talk more about that in later in the episode but as I was getting my I've now been there uh, at the my job uh, a month now so I've gotten now two paychecks and this morning I got my first like real paycheck that wasn't prorated based on like you know my start date this was like my now like uh, what is it? Bi-monthly, not bi-monthly, bi-weekly salary, like my twice a month or paycheck. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be my real paycheck. I'm going to get this twice a month, you know, until I have not have this job or like I get a raise or whatever. Right. So I saw it and I was like, oh, nice. And my husband and I were already talking about, we already like, we're talking about like, okay, you have a job now. We can make different decisions than we were currently, like we were previously. Making. And we were talking about like different things we would want to do with the money and blah, 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 and all the things that like we weren't unhappy with our house. And we're like, okay, maybe in the next year we'll be able to move. And then we don't have to like look at certain things. We can look at other things and actually get the house we want and all those things that like money provides. So I'm going to like talk about this more in depth in the episode, but I just wanted to frame this episode as a I wanted to talk about money generally and in this episode, I'm going to go into like how much money I'm currently making and what we're planning on doing with the money and kind of the way that women are taught to think about money, especially as like a business owner and like if you're starting your first business or haven't had like mindset training and I'm not going to get like mindset because that's not what I'm trying to do here. But I do think it is related because I read another audiobook, and it made me realize my money mindset issues. And I'm going to talk about that as well in this episode because it might trigger you to think like, oh, I think I also have these kinds of things where it's not like preventing me maybe from making more money, but it is framing how I feel about money and like anxiety I might have around it. So I'm going to talk about all those things in this episode. So if you're into that, stay tuned. Okay, so I think the first thing that would make sense to go into is what I am currently doing. And like I said I I did talk about this um in episode 28 you should keep your day job and here's why you don't need to go back and listen to it for context for the story but I do talk about like why I got a job and why I think like the hustle culture like really shames you for having a full-time job and security and like forces you to be like all in because otherwise you're not serious and I think that's really BS. I think that's stupid and I think it's harmful and I don't think we should push people to not feel safe in order to like false create urgency and scarcity in their minds to hustle their butt off to make money in their business that they might not even, the first three, whatever, 10 iterations might not even be that good. And so maybe you should keep that security until you figure it out. And I'm not going to go into that episode. You can go back and listen to that episode. But point is within that episode, I did talk about I recently got a full-time job and I'm now a month into that job and I now have had two paychecks because I get them bi-weekly and this, I've got my first real paycheck and I got excited because I was like, oh, this is great. Number one, a lot of taxes came out of it. I was like, oh, well, this is... I guess that makes sense. The tax system. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's less than I would have thought it would have been, but like that makes sense. Cool. Um, point being, it was still more money than I had been making, obviously, the past two years, because I hadn't really been making that much money as a musician. But it was also more than I had made before I pr- quit my previous marketing job. And I specifically looked for a job. And not everyone obviously can do this. Like I have the security of my husband paying our bills, and we already had things lined up before I quit my marketing job. Because for context, with the, you should keep your day job and here's why episode, episode 28, I didn't say I jumped into just going for musician stuff for two years without like thinking about it. Like I did, we did plan. I did save money. We did like put things in certain assets. Like we did plan for it, but we did obviously have to make lifestyle changes and had to always be conscious of those restraints. Right. And so now that is not an issue. And basically my entire salary is play money. And I'm not saying that to like brag because we're not out here like balling out on like an Elon Musk level here, but I am making for, again, context, I feel like I'm hyping this up because it is still weird even for me to be like, just randomly like, here's my salary. But I want to also give preface that like, when I decided that I was like, I'm going to put all this hustling on pause, not that I'm going to stop, like I'm not stopping the podcast. I'm not going to stop like doing marketing stuff, but I don't want to like burn myself out trying to make Certain offers work that I don't know if I even like them or if they provide what I want them to provide. So instead of hustling to a new hustle of, you know, bare minimum babe from music to this, why don't I just give myself a pause in security and actually get paid for the thing that I know I can get paid for? and then figure things out from there and have the security. And then we can also build into other things. So it's not relying on me hustling or my, you know, my nine to five income. We can look at other things like investing more seriously, or maybe checking out rental properties, creating more money with the money that we have. Right. Cause that's how rich people do it. Like they don't just all of a sudden hustle, 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 and make it from one income stream. They then diversify their assets and honestly make a lot of money in terms of like real estate and stock portfolios and building assets that make them money, like that generate money for them. I'm not going to get into that right now because that's later, Sorry, I'm like talking really fast. I had pre-workout this morning and like I said, I just sat down and started recording this episode. I didn't want the inspiration to fade. Um, And if you don't know, pre-workout is pretty much like all caffeine, just like a giant shot of a lot of caffeine (laughs) to get you hyped, to lift lots of weights that otherwise you'd be like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. This sucks. So Back to the main point is that when I decided to get a nine to five where I was like, Amanda, this is stupid. You're hustling. You're not liking the journey of music. Like let's just get a nine to five where you can actually make money and come from like a more stable foundation for making decisions where you're not like doing it for the money because you already have security. So, but because we don't need that money because my husband makes enough money for, you know, to support me and my daughter and, you know, him too, I wanted to get a job that number one, had a certain pay gap, like a pay level where I was like, I'm not doing this from less than this. And I want to do certain things. I don't want to be doing certain grunt work. I, I now have eight years experience. I don't want to do that. I'm 31 years old. I don't want to do certain things. I want to get certain responsibilities. And that's not like a privileged thing. It's just like, I know my quote unquote worth in the marketplace as a marketing professional. I know my worth and I know other women's salaries because they told me at other certain locations what they were. I'm like, oh, I know I can get at least this because they're not any smarter, more advanced, better than me that they're making this. There's no reason why I can't get this. So this is my minimum. And my minimum at first, because I was doing it based on my previous salary that I, you know, my left, my previous salary, this is where I'm going to go into my details. So there you go, is for my, before I quit my job. My previous salary was $85,000 and I was basically running a marketing department. And some of you might be like, that's nothing. And some of you might be like, oh, wow, that's amazing because it's really context, right? And so that was the most I'd ever gotten paid for a position, right? And coming from where I'm coming from in my background, that's a lot of money. And my first job out of college was what my mother was making at the time that I got the job and she was like 40 something. So my first job out of college was I think 52,000. And I thought that was a lot of money. And for that time, my my, period of my life, it was right until I moved to the area we're living in, which is Northern Virginia, which is a very expensive area. I realized it's really not that much because it's where you live. Right. And it got us like a two bedroom apartment. And anyways, point is I thought 85,000 was a lot of money, which it is, you know, right. You know, depending on what it is. And then I was like, okay, because I took a two year gap after that, I don't know how I'm going to explain. I don't know what kind of jobs I'm going to get. And I definitely want to give myself a raise because pro tip, if you're listening to this and you do have a nine to five or whatever, And you want to make more money? The easiest way to do it is just if you don't want to quit your job, that's fine. But the easiest way is honestly just to quit your job. Like, not don't quit it first. Look for another job first, but then basically give your like self a twenty percent raise when you're looking at the new jobs. Like, don't tell them your previous salary. Just tell them what you want. So what you were previously making, maybe with twenty percent on top, if that's if that's what you're comfortable with. That's what I started to do. Until I realize, also like the numbers are just made up anyways, like you can literally just give them a number that you want and they either say yes or no. It's lots of mindset stuff around it. But point is I was making 85 and because I took that two year gap and I wasn't sure exactly how to explain that or if they would look at my skill set. you know what I mean? Like maybe I was like behind and stuff. I don't know. So at first when I was looking for stuff, I was like, okay, I don't want to take, I want to make more. Right. And I was like, but I know I have a two year gap and I know the market's getting kind of rough because a lot of layoffs are happening in tech. So I was like, okay, maybe the most I can get is let's call it 95. So my minimum, my minimum is 95. And then as I started doing stuff, I was like, okay, my minimum now is hundred thousand. And I don't know why I initially thought that. I was just like, you know what? I was getting interviews with some of the jobs and I was like, I feel like I would be low-key irritated if I were doing some of the stuff they were describing for this much, for 95. I'm gonna do at least 100 because that gives me a bigger bump and then it became like 105. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but the point of the story is at my current job because I had that in mind where I wasn't, it was a mind shift for me where I wasn't then super grateful for them even talking to me and like offering me a job, I realized it's just an exchange of goods and services. They want the services that I have, and this is the cost that they're willing to pay for it. And if they're not, then I can take my services elsewhere. It's literally just a marketplace. And that did not click until like the 10th phone call with HR of other, a bunch of other jobs. And I was like, this sounds terrible. I don't want to, I know the practical, you know, protocol would be like to follow up with this woman and say, thanks so much. I had a great conversation. I'd love, I can't wait to hear back and see next steps. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want this job. So I just didn't email her back. And I was like, I guess that means I'm saying I don't want that job. I took like the desperate feeling out of myself and be like, I don't want this job. I don't need this job. I can find another job. This is stupid. I don't want to do this. And so it led me to make a more comfortable decision and find the job that actually seems like a better fit for me, which seems like my current position. Point is, I, they gave me an offer, I forget the exact offer, for my current position and I negotiated because you always negotiate up and they're, I always, like you always accept they're going to give you less than what you negotiate. That's the point. So you always like do a little bit extra over the negotiation or over the initial, what you would bare minimum want. Um, So anyways, we came back with a decision of I'm making... Da, 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 drum roll. not drum roll. but currently I'm making $107,000 with a $5,000 manager bonus every year. So that's $112,000. And again, some people might be like, that's a lot of money. And some people like, I just literally talked to a friend, a recent friend that I, I think I talked about in previous episodes and she was like making 250. dollars at her last marketing job. Granted, hers was like a closer to a C-level situation. But in my mind, I was like, 112, that's really good. And then when I heard her, I was like, well, sh- did I undercut myself? <laughs> but, you know, you have to keep in perspective of like, no, just because she's making more. She had a different responsibility. She had different skill sets. It was a different situation. And what I'm making isn't anything to scoff at. And it puts us in a completely different situation than the past two years. And even the years before that, when I was making $85,000. So that was another reason what triggered me with um, episode 30, if you listen to that, is how to you know, spot predatory uh, marketing tactics of internet coaches. That's episode 30. And in that episode, I like basically ran about how internet coaches and everybody's always like, scale your business to six figures. And I don't understand what this magic six figures is, because if literally you just keep doing something enough, you will eventually make six figures. Like all I had to do was negotiate and say, this was my minimum for a job. And granted, like I know not everyone is in this situation, right? Like I went to school, I got a marketing job and I was able to navigate myself up. And even after taking a two year break, I was able to make that because I decided I didn't want to do it. And I'm not saying all you have to do is decide. I'm not saying that, but it really was. Kind of realizing I have a skill set. I know people are making this this kind of amount. There is literally no reason why in the marketplace my skill set and my experience cannot be worth this. And so I just made that my my minimum and took the desperate energy out. And so point is, I am now coming with an influx of money. So this is not like a brag again because we are not balling out like Elon Musk situation. Like all of my money because we know we can survive on my husband's income. All of my money is basically play money. And when I say play money, it means like I can send my daughter to sleep away camp. Like that's like, and then I can get a massage once a month if I want. And then we can have more for an investing. That's literally what I mean by play money. I don't mean like we're going to go ball out and buy like, I don't know, a Jaguar Mustang or like, I don't know. Right. I'm, I don't, I don't do that stuff. But now we have money that we can actually do something with and make more proactive in <sighs> possibility decisions instead of like out of necessity budgeting and restriction and like thinking about like how can we what can we do with this money within the restraints that we have it's not a restraint anymore it's like oh wow it's like we just got a whole like income booster into our monthly like income what do we do with this money it's like an opportunity of like what do we want to do With this money, because we know we don't need it to survive, because we've been fine, right? And we were fine when I was making fifty-two thousand. So it's not about survival at this point. So, and I'm not saying again. I don't. I feel like I have to keep saying I'm not Brian because I'm like I don't know what people are listening. Like when you're listening to this, I don't know what you're thinking. I'm saying this because I do think there should be open conversations about what people are making, especially women, because we're so trained to not talk about it, just generally as a society, and then women to not talk about it either. Because like I said, when my friend told me she was making 250 at her last job, 250,000, I was like, Jesus, well, yeah, cause she's the same age as me. And I was like, well, shoot, like, what am I doing? <laughs> and it made me feel like bad for like a hot second. And I was like, no, no, you're fine. You're making enough for what you want right now. And also she had different responsibilities that I don't want, I don't want to have, like, I don't want to be working on stuff at nine o'clock at night and working on weekends and stuff. And she wanted to, she likes that kind of thing. I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I want to do a good job at what I'm doing obviously, but I don't want certain things that might come with that in a nine to five, like with a 250, 250 paycheck for a nine to five. I don't want that right now. I might want that later. We'll see how it goes. But what I'm looking for, my job responsibilities and what I'm doing is on par with what I'm making, which is, you know capping it all together is $112,000 a year. Again, that's minus, that's before taxes with after taxes. It's, it's not, it's not as much. It's still good, but I'm just like, oh, that's womp womp. (laughs) But, but point is, I'm sorry. I'm like super rambling here. I think it's the pre-workout, but I want to give like a holistic picture in the sense of like, if you want to make $100,000, six figures, as like internet coaches keep talking about, like I said in episode 30, it's really not that hard once you set it in mind that you have a certain skill set and a certain uh, financial return within the marketplace. That's literally it. What are people willing to pay? What is your skill and your, your, you know, your knowledge worth? And then go from there and then figure out where you can fit with what you want to do to make that 100000 And I did talk about this in episode 30, but I'm like, I also could just sell pictures of my feet like <laughs> to make $100,000 or like make these cheesy t-shirts with like, that are stupid, that I don't care about what they say, that I'm just like going on pop culture to get like quick quotes, you know, like, and you can make stuff like that. Like it really, you, there's a million different ways you could make money. It just depends on how you want to do it, right? That's literally all this is. So with my new income... Like I said, our, my money now is currently play money. And like I said, when I say play money, it means like, oh, cool. I can get a $13 cocktail, which again, I know is expensive and a bit annoying, but because of where I live, that's like the average price for a cocktail. So I'm like, oh, I can get a cocktail for $13 and not feel like garbage about it. Like I, it's fine. You know, I'm not saying like we're going to go all out on it, but it means like, oh, I don't have to feel anxious about it, which is something I also want to talk about, which is my money mindset issues. What I realized, and I realized this while I was listening to "You're a Badass at Making Money" by Jen, uh, Jen Sincero. I really like that book. I recommend it. I like it a lot. It made me like think about things in a different way in terms of my money mindset, and it wasn't like super like pushy with like, "I don't know, grab your crystals and like put it in your shrine and like write it down to like it wasn't like that. It was like realistic like stories and how that was related. like it was good anecdotes that made me think, like, "Oh okay, yeah, that makes sense. I do that too. My money mindset issue is because of where I grew up and I'm not going to get into my childhood trauma. It's not relevant to this right now, but I grew up poor and we didn't have that much money. Like my mom was a single mom. My dad was an alcoholic. My mom left him, I think when I was like 10 or something, I don't know. And then me and my sister and my mom, we moved into my grandfather's like basement or something. And my sister and I shared a bunk bed and it was like, not the best. And then we had other poor situations. I'm not going to go It doesn't matter. But the point of the story is, I grew up not great in like financial situation. And then when I had my daughter, I was living at my mom's house and that wasn't in great condition. Again, not getting into it, but I was 20 when I had her. Like I found out a month before I was turned 20 that I was pregnant. So I was 19 technically. And my husband always makes a joke that I was teen pregnant and it's (laughs) technically true, but I did not escape teen pregnancy, I guess. But what I'm saying is I, at that point I was living at my mom's house. I took a pause from college. I eventually obviously went back, but we were on foods. I was on food stamps with her. I had the, um, Maryland state provided, um, insurance. I was on welfare. Like her daycare was basically, I think $30 a week, a month because I was getting daycare vouchers because I was going to school full time. Like I was literally on every single state program within Maryland. So you have to be pretty poor. Right. I wasn't making really any money and it actually was beneficial to not make as much money. And I didn't actually try because I was like, you know what? I'm just not doing this because it doesn't make sense to kill myself being a waitress to make a certain amount of money when I could just get the state money. Like I rather just focus on school, do a good job and get a good job and get, get out, which is what I did. Point is, I obviously did not come from great financial circumstances. And so because of that, my money issues moving forward with my life, even to today, which I'm still like actively combating because I just realized this like literally a month ago, was that my issue, and I might be working on this for the rest of my life, is that I came from like poverty, right? And so even when I had money, like even this was two years before, like even before I quit my job to do music and I didn't really have that much money, even when I was making $85,000 at my previous marketing job, that's a decent amount of money. I was still in my mind looking at things that I was buying in the mindset that I had from like seven years prior when I was on food stamps. Like my mindset around money had not changed. I was still like anxious about every purchase. That wasn't a necessity. You know, like anytime I bought like I don't know, a pair of leggings that I didn't necessarily need, I had to like go back and forth and I would just go online and I would spend like an hour looking at comparisons of like, like what was basically went down to like maybe $50 in differences in certain things. But I would go back and forth for like an hour comparing the pros and cons instead of just buying the freaking thing and being like, okay, because I had the money and because it, it wasn't a money issue it was, it was my issue around like my mindset around the money And I realized I was having that too at my current, um, job. Um, and again, I just started like a month ago, but like I'm making $112,000 before taxes. And my husband and I had this whole conversation of like, okay, we're going to have this influx of money. If you want, maybe it would be helpful for like, you know, a couple's budget of the sense of like, let's say like we each have $500 each month to play with. And then the other person can't, complain or ask like not you get know what I'm saying it's the sense of like okay you have this to do what you want so if you want to get massages like my husband joined like a coffee club like they mail you like a subscription box thing so he gets like a I don't know like bougie coffee thing every two weeks now And I don't care how much it costs because he have five hundred dollars to play with and then he doesn't care that I got a massage that was you know because I have five hundred dollars to play with each month and it might change right But my point is, is that my issue before that, that I realized when I was listening to the audiobook, like I said, you're a badass at making money, was that I was anxious around any purchase that was not a necessity. And so I would just squirrel away money with not any real plan for that money. I would just save it because I was poor. And so I wasn't also taught how to do anything with my money besides save it because eventually I would need it. And if something hit, like, you know, stuff hit the fan, I need the money. So you save the money. You don't spend it on things that you don't need and you don't know how to, you don't invest it because I I was never taught to invest. I don't think my mom knows how to invest and she was never taught whatever, right? So I was never taught on how to make more money. I was taught on how to save the money that I have. And the other thing that was happening was that I also, because I didn't always need the food stamps. I had like some freedom. I wasn't rich, mind you. Like we were never, ever, ever, ever rich. We were always like lower middle class at best. But I was eventually to a point that I didn't have to be on food stamps. And then when I had my daughter, I was drastically like in a situation, right? And so because of that, I also had this mindset of like, no matter how much money I make, it's temporary. Like it could go away. It's not going to be there forever. Who knows, right? So you can't spend it. So like they kind of feed it into each other. Of like, this is temporary. You need to save the money. And it was temporary because I did quit my job, and then I was in scarcity for two years. So that mindset did. It was true in that time until I switched it. So point is I realized that was a thing. And then once I listened to that you're a badass making money, I was like, oh, that's so stupid, Amanda. Like I'm I'm validating, Amanda. Like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense why you think that, that your experiences say that. That totally makes sense. But you are not that person anymore, Amanda. That is not your circumstance. You literally decided that you wanted to get a job, and this was the minimum amount. And luckily you know, like within a certain time frame. I don't know if it's because I just had a different energy. I, I don't know, you know, market circumstances, whatever. I got a job within a month and a half with over my minimum, what I wanted. Right. And so it wasn't like I could always make more money is my point. Like I realized like, oh, that's stupid. And if I get fired from this job, I can find another job that I can make at least the same amount because I know I can get paid at least this. So at bare minimum, I know that I can get paid at least six figures. Right. So there's no reason for me to be scared that this is going to be temporary. I know that I have a sellable skill and I know I can make money at this. And again, that might not be true with everyone with marketing, right? Like, but there's a different skill that you have and you just have to like, you know, I'm not going to, obviously, I don't know what your situation is, but point is I had to get over like, Amanda, you have money. This is stupid. Like you can make more money. You can get a new job. Even if you don't do an entrepreneurial pursuit and make your own business and like create like this whole thing, you can get a nine to five at the very least and make six figures. And that's where I'm t- going to come in now is the sense of like how we're taught to think as women and what to do with our money. So my husband and I are planning to have a conversation. We, we made a joke. So we made like an actual like meeting thing on our calendar and we're doing it while my daughter's away at gymnastics uh, practice. So we have like an hour and a half, two hours to talk about stuff. And I was like, okay, we have this influx of money. What do we want to do with it? My husband was like making all these things that we were going to do, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, let's just... I want to make more money. Like, I don't want to... I was like, I want to be very cautious of the income creep situation, in which case, like, even people who are really wealthy don't have as much as, like, maybe someone who has less in the sense of, like, their flexibility with it because they just buy a bigger house, a bigger... Like, a nicer, more expensive car, they buy more expensive clothing. And so you're really at the same level in terms of like liquidity as someone who makes less because you just kind of income creep, like your expenses go up as your income goes up. And I was like, I want to be very, very, very cautious with that because I do not want that to be the thing. I do not want to be reliant on this position is what I also didn't want. And again, I'm not saying I'm like quitting. I'm just like, I don't want to be reliant on this. You know what I mean? I want to make more money And I want to do something with the money that we have, which he was totally on board with. Like he, he said, yes, obviously let's do that. And so we were like, okay, let's plan what to do with this money. And I was like, I, let's look at rental income properties. Like I want to look at how we do that. I don't know how to do it. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I do, but I know there's lots of talk passive income instead of me. Like I'm going to build a course on marketing. I'm like, no people, you don't need to do that. Right. You can literally just make money and invest in something, make someone else make your money for you like the stock market. I know people can make money off this. I don't need to work for it. I just make the money, put the money in the other thing and that money will work for me there. I don't have to have a separate side hustle situation that I don't want to create, which is what if you want to do, that's fine. But what I'm saying is you don't have to work hard, harder than you're already working. You just take the money that you already currently are making instead of side money to put into the other thing to make money back for you, if that makes sense. So we were setting that meeting up and I think we're having it this weekend. And I was thinking about it and I was just like, I woke up really excited. I'm clearly very excited this morning, but I woke up weirdly excited this morning. Cause I was like, you know what? This is like the first time in like three years that like, cause my husband always liked to have budget talks cause he handles the finances and you might be like, Amanda, she's a man. You should like take some, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't feel like he likes doing it. He likes spreadsheets. I don't, I'm more of the creative person in the relationship. There's always like that kind of division. And I'm like, if you want to do it, you do it. I'd rather you do it. And we just talk about it and then you implement stuff. And then, you know, we go from there, but he's always handling it. So he always wanted to have conversations like once a month with our budget, budget and stuff like that, of like going over stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I hated it. And when he would bring it up, like randomly on the treadmill at the, at, you know, at the gym, I'd be like, Shh, I don't want to talk about this. This is stressing me out. I'm just trying to like zone out on the treadmill. The treadmill's already like crappy enough. I don't want this right now. You know, at like freaking 530 in the morning, I don't want this. And so, when I woke up this morning, I was like, you know what? I'm actually excited for our our talk on Sunday. Why am I excited? And so as I was like in the gym this morning, I was like thinking about it. I was like, why am I? And I was like, oh, it's because we have money and it's not a restriction. It's not like a, what are we able to do within the restrictions we have? It's like, oh wow, this is an opportunity talk. It's talking about all the things we can do with the money. How do we want to make more of the money? It's not like, okay, we have this much. Let's make sure we don't spend it here too much. We tend to go over a little bit here. Like, what do you want to do? Like, we have to budget for you going to net, whatever. It's like, oh, we have this influx, like literal just play money. What do we want to do with this? And so it's an opportunities conversation. And so I realized I was excited about that. And obviously I'm making a podcast episode literally right now because I'm excited about it of like, oh, this is the first time that I can remember, you know, and especially within the past three years that I'm like, I'm actually excited to talk about our finances and again that's a place of privilege because we have the money now. And I'm not going to give you some story of like if I can do it you can do it because I'm like no, I'm not about that, right? But I do want to say that there's literally nothing special about me versus somebody else. And that's another thing when as I'm like listening to audiobooks and reading people's stories, there's nothing special about you know Jen Cicero of you're a badass at making money and there's nothing special about Rachel Rogers of we should all be millionaires and she's making bank as like a, a lawyer but she also came from poverty and she talks about her story and again I'm not trying to be like if I can do it you can do it but what I am saying is like I was on food stamps. I was on all the stuff in Maryland, all the stuff I was on everything food stamps I was on the daycare vouchers for my daughter. I had a lots of student like aid and also like loans as well and all the stuff, right? And I was super poor. And now I'm making $112,000 with my salary before taxes, and we're doing really well. And now we're able to have conversations of what we want to do with that money. And so I just wanted to say, like, I'm just really excited for that opportunity. And I think the whole point of creating your own business is to be excited. Let me not be about your own business. It's literally just instead of racing to get to a certain number, and this is what I talked about in episode 30. But like. Instead of racing to like get to a magical six figures, it really is kind of a mindset thing because I could have been thinking this way when I was making $85,000 or even when I was making, I think 65,000 a year, like that previous job, I had the money extra. I just wasn't thinking this way. Right. I was just thinking I have to make more money because more money equals better. Right. But it doesn't necessarily in the sense that I was thinking about it. It just means I have like, what do you want to play with and how like you want to create more of it is the conversation. And now I'm excited about it. But now because I'm on, I want to play. I was like, okay, I need to learn how to do something with my money. Cause I was never taught and there's no class in school. You have to proactively like go and look for this stuff. You have to number one, know it exists. So you have to learn about it in some capacity that it even exists as an option, which is a privilege in its own right. And then number two, you have to figure out like, do I want to learn this? Okay. I need to proactively look out to learn this thing. Right. And so that's where I, that is what I'm going to talk about next. So with me wanting to research how to best use my money to make more money, I was like, okay, let's look at investing. Cause I know that's a thing and Warren Buffett and all the things. And they're always like all of it. Right. So I start Googling how to invest. Well, I didn't start there. I think I started, um, women in investing, I think, cause I know there's like certain resources for women by women. Cause I like to support that. And also like, they talk about things that are around women in the sense that like what we're told and kind of those types of things, so they can help combat that, because women i 'm not trying to be on my pedestal, but like women are talked to differently, we are instructed differently, we do have different things around money, and so I found a couple of great resources. I signed up for like an email series, blah blah blah. but then I also came across like a random article, and it was on the first page of Google, so like they have really good SEO, if you know marketing that's search engine optimization, so like they 're doing really well on their website, and I clicked on the link because I was like, "What?" In one of the articles there, the article that ranked on, I think it was first, I think it was the first page. I don't think I clicked around to find this on their website. Literally the title of it is seven practical steps on how to be less materialistic. And I was like, what? So I clicked on it cause I was like, what? And then I started reading and I was like, what is this? Is this what they're telling women to do? is stop being materialistic with their money. Like if I'm making the money and I want to be materialistic, like leave me alone. As long as I feel good about it, I'm not hurting someone else. And like, I do give to charity or whatever, help my own way. I won't talk about that in a second, but, and I don't want to like rag on this woman. Cause I did click on the site and I have like it open now. So I can like actually speak to it in a way that, you know, is on the website it's called clever girl finance. And I don't know anything about this woman. Really. I, I'm looking at like her, you know, about profile and I'm not, again, trying to rag on her, but she has a really good SEO And the whole business name is clever girl finance. And so in theory, she's empowering you. And she is like, it says that in her stuff. And a lot of the articles are, but it is very much talking about women saving money. Like it says, I'm on her mission is I'm on a mission to help women ditch debt, save money and build real wealth. The first two are for sure, like talk about wealth, but also like, I'm sure you've heard stories of like Trump and how he's actually not as rich as you think he is because he has a lot of debt because rich people leverage debt. Like they don't have as much liquidity as you think they do. They have a lot of debt. Like they're taking against, like they're borrowing from the bank to make more money with that money, right? Like they're not debt-free. Rich people are not debt-free. That's like a poor people thing of like getting debt-free because it's not about being debt-free. It's making the money work for you instead of putting yourself in debt for the sake of putting yourself in debt. It's what can you do with that debt? And that's what the rich people do, right? And that's what I'm looking at doing. But my point is the article was literally about seven practical steps on how to be less materialistic. And I I mean, I I get what, you know, I get what the article is saying is that like, you know, society does place a lot of, you know, stuff on like things. And I totally agree with that. Right. But I don't think the problem is that we're materialistic. Like, I, I, I get what the article is saying. My point is that should not be a top-ranking Google article when I search up women investing because it's not at all related to investing. It's related to me, stop being materialistic. Like, literally the first thing is limit your social media consumption because then I'm going to see comparison mode. And, I, I, again, I get what she's saying, but at the same time... I don't think that's actually helpful. That is not teaching me how to invest. That's teaching me how to stop buying things that they deem materialistic. But like, if I wanna buy a nicer set of towels that don't like feel like sandpaper on my face, is that materialistic? I don't know, but the conversation should not be how to be less materialistic, how to be okay with the towels I have. The conversation should be, how do I make more money to buy the nicer towels, right? And so I just wanted to touch on that and how we're marketed like women are taught to invest is that that was a top search and it wasn't actually that helpful for me. And I actually got kind of irritated and I was like, yeah, I don't like this. And again, the audio, this is what triggered me to uh, record this episode now is because I saw that episode, like, or excuse me, I saw the article like two days ago when I was looking into how to invest, because I don't know what I'm doing and I want to learn how to do it. And so I was like, okay, I need to start, I need to get in classes. And that's when I clicked on the article and I was like, okay, no. And I instantly X out of it. And then this morning listening to We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers, she was talking about the different ways that men and women are talked to about how to handle money. And I'm sure you know some of this stuff, but like she framed it in a certain way and it was like repeating it. Obviously you like to, once you repeat things a certain time, you're like, it clicks. So she was talking about men on average are talked to about investing and more likely to be taught to invest. Women are more likely to be instructed by financial advisors to save save for retirement, save for vacations. Men, on the other hand, are looked at how to create more money. Like, have you thought about investing in a portfolio? And have you thought about like investing in here? Like they're taught on how to make more money. Women are taught how to save the money to buy things, right? Right. And so it's a different way to to think about it. And that combined with the article that I saw, I was like, yeah, we are taught to do this. We're not taught how to make more money. If we want to be materialistic, to be materialistic. I'm not advocating being materialistic. I just want to point that out. I'm not. I just did not like that this article, it was basically like the saying, I'm sure you've also seen on social of like me buying $6 lattes and going to Starbucks and like doing these avocado toasts is not the reason why I'm poor. Like stop trying to tell me to stop spending $15 on a coffee like a week, right? That's not the problem here. That is not a nice way to think about it. It should be instead, how can I buy the coffee that I want to buy at the rate that I want to buy it? Instead of stopping yourself from buying the things you want that give you actual enjoyment for your life and like you make the money for, it should be, how do you make more money to make those, get those things without the anxiety of like, Oh, this is $6 which is what I was thinking before I had this position. Like when I was a struggling musician, I was like, oh, $6 a cup That's a lot of money for a cup of coffee. Is this like $6 good worth? I don't know. And there was anxiety around it. So instead of reframing it, it's like, how can I make the money to make this $6 cup of coffee feel fine? Like feel like just a, just a thing that enjoys, like, and I totally get $6 worth of value out of because it makes me happy, right? And so I just want to quickly touch on that as well where I feel like we're taught, very clearly that we're materialistic. We want to make more money instead of just realizing that we have a place in society. And I don't want to like say, I hope, I'm you're getting this in the right way that I'm taking, I'm meaning it. But like how I was talking about, like, I have a certain skill set. I have a certain years of experience based on the market rates based on certain things. I know that I can make X amount of money. I know that my value is worth this much and people are not like value equal. Like I am not worth 112,000 as a human being. But I know my skill set in the marketplace in which we live in to buy and consume and do those types of things, I know that I can make this amount of money based on the skills that I have. And it's really just realizing that and using that to your advantage instead of thinking it as like, I don't know, something to overthink where like I'm being materialistic because I want to make more money to buy the things that I enjoy. You know, I don't think that that's materialistic because if I want to make more money to send my daughter to sleepaway school, uh, sleepaway camp and like now I can get her an extra week of sleepaway camp. That's great. It's giving her experiences that she wouldn't have been able to have before and I can give that to her. Or like if I want to get a massage because I like worked hard and I want to celebrate my first week of work, which is what I did. I I did a big, I did a massage on a Saturday like the first week after my job and I was like, "I feel fine about this. I feel really good about it. I know I'm going to have money coming in and I deserve this. I I want a massage. I want this." And I didn't have any like stigma around anymore. It wasn't as anxiety fueled. It was just like, okay, I have the money. I know I can create more money off of this. Okay, I just want to like quickly sum up because I know like I went on tangent because I, I definitely am like still on a high from the pre-workout and I wanted to get all this out before I have to take my daughter to the bus. Um, but I wanted to reiterate like I don't know what the main point of this this episode is right now, right? Except that I'm, what I'm thinking about in terms of my money and how I want to shape my business in the way that I want to talk to other women about their business and how they're making their money goals and things like that, because I just feel like we're talked to in a different way. And there's a lot of things coming down on us and messaging and how we're taught to how we want to think about money. And of course, like, you know, childhood stuff of like our parents saying certain things or whatever our circumstance was like we just have different backgrounds and why we think the way we think in terms of money. And really money is just a thing that you have to spend. That Like it doesn't really have any good or bad. It's just a thing. Like it's like wifi. Like you're never like, I don't have enough wifi or I have too much wifi. Or like, if I have too much wifi, my friends won't like me. Or like, I'm afraid to spend this wifi because like, then I might not have any wifi next month. Like that's dumb. You're going to pay the Wi-Fi bill. You're going to have the same amount of Wi-Fi you have this month as you will next. And if you spend more money, you'll have better quality. Like it's you know what I mean. Like you don't ever say that about like other random things like Wi-Fi or other resources like water or air. I have too much air. Like no one's going to like me. Like no, we only really do that with money. Of like I have too much money. Like if I make too much money, people won't like me. Or like maybe I won't have money next month. Maybe I won't have air next month. Like that doesn't make any sense. But we do that with money. And so I just wanted to like bring down some of the stigma of it and like share how much I was making and what we're planning to do with it. And I don't know our exact plans, but I just wanted to talk about that in the sense of like, I feel like there's so much on the internet to like make your business work as a hustle thing, especially like, I I guess when I say that I'm talking about the internet space of like coaches and like creating courses and creating high ticket offers and like, yes, you can totally do that. But I think there's there's a gap here in terms of like business and thinking about it where like If I create this offer and I get X amount of clients or X amount of sales or X, whatever, then I'll be able to make more money, which is true. But instead of taking that money to invest in your business, you could also take that money instead of working harder to make your business a bigger thing, which you could totally do, I'm not advocating not to, but I'm just saying to think about it maybe in a different way, maybe make the average income that you'd maybe want to make, which is like, I don't know, 50,000, like whatever works for you. You know, if it's just like maybe you and your dog or something, you're happy where you got fifty thousand. so make your business get to 50,000 at least for your bare minimum expenses and then okay if I don't want to work harder at my job like to make more money like where what where can I where can I take that money to create more money that's outside of my business even because you also want to diversify your income streams so maybe it's investing in someone else's business like a stock or maybe you look at real estate or maybe you create a separate job that's maybe tangential or like if you do have a nine to five, maybe it's like, I don't know, starting a photography business because you like photography and like you don't have to hustle that hard at it. You could maybe just hustle hard enough on the weekends to get a couple of weddings and then take that money and invest it into like stock, into like a passive income. Instead of worrying about making a class about how to make a photography business work, you just take the money you're already making and invest it in something that like you don't have to work to make more money at that thing. Does that make sense? Like instead of creating a class around if you do ma- if you do have a photography business, instead of like trying to make a photography course to sell to other photographers to make more money, just take the extra money that you would have taken to make that photography course or like advertise for that course, whatever it is, and invest it in something else to make you money passively. Right? And I'm not saying one is better than better than the other or to do this because it's really up to you, but I'm saying I just think there's a gap in how we're Talking about the hustle, because I don't think we necessarily need to hustle as hard as we think that we do to make the money that we're trying to make, like this magical six figures, right? You might be already closer than you think you are if you just shift the way you're thinking about how you need to make the money and what you need to do with the money you're currently making. That was, I guess, the main point of this episode. So I will wrap this up because I've rambled on for long enough. And I wanted to also say, I do have a marketing workbook. If you are interested, it is free, it is in the episode show notes, and it will help you figure out like your offers and like how much their money you're making. And if you're spending time on the wrong, quote unquote, wrong things and things that take your time and energy when they don't need to, because that's another thing that I realized after I like, you know, took my job and I've been here for a month now is I was editing podcast episodes and I've had like an influx of guests. And I had one like every single night, I think this week. And so I have like four episodes to edit. And mind you, they're like 45 minutes long with just the interview, right? Because that's the interview length. And I have to add intro, outro. So it's a lot of editing. And I don't mind doing it. And I have the skills and I know how to do it, obviously, because I've been doing it and I know how to do it. I took production class, I know how to do it, but that's it still takes time. And so if it's still taking me like an hour, whatever, to edit each episode. It's like, well, whew, four hours and episode, like four hours to edit these. Okay, well, I have other things that I want to do with my business and my time and stuff like that. When am I going to fit this in? I was realizing that yesterday when I, yesterday morning when I was editing the podcast episode, really like, Amanda, you have money to pay somebody to do this. Maybe this is something you can delegate. And no, they might not do it exactly the way that you would have edited it, but you can tell them certain criteria that they must meet. Like if a guest curses or something like like take it out. Like there's certain things that are like must haves. But other than that, does it really matter how they maybe break up the episode with like the guitar? You know, like, does it matter? Like, I know my audio quality is good because I gave them good quality because I set it up and I know how to do it. So I don't have to worry about like them taking out background noises and stuff. Like there's certain things that I'm like, I can pay somebody to do this. Is this worth my time to do this at this point? I have money now to do this. I could be spending my time in a different way. And that's not like, I feel like for a second, I was like, is that belittling to the person I hire of like, I have better things to do. I'm hiring you so I don't have to do this grunt work. And I was like, no, because it's still giving that other person money. So they can eventually do something that if they do like, they can build that into a business or maybe they can take that money and I don't know, buy a car or or make a different business. I I don't know. But like me hiring somebody else also gives them that economic opportunity as well. And so that was also a mind shift for me too. Instead of being like, I don't want to do this grunt work. I'm going to pay somebody else to do this grunt work referring as like, it's not grunt work because I was happily doing it before. It's not the fact that I don't want to do it. It's the fact that I no longer have time. Somebody else has time and wants to build a business around it. Why don't I give it to them and help their business? So that was a side thing that I was talking about, but I think that's really helpful too, because I didn't do my, I didn't do my workout when I, my workbook, when I did this, when I thought of that, but it did like me making the workbook did help me think in this way of like, I'm now wasting my time on this. I think I'm now, I don't want to say wasting, but now I'm spending my time in a way that isn't as conducive to the way that I would want to spend it. And how do I want to spend it? What is my better ROI? And that's the kind of stuff I talk about in the free workbook if you wanted to take a look at that, that is in the episode show notes. So I will wrap this episode up now. And if you've got to the end of it, thank you so much for listening. And if you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. And just generally, I don't know if this, if this is like a weird thing to say, but I'm like, I feel like you should ask people how much they're making, especially other women, because it can help open their eyes. And like, maybe you, or maybe open your eyes. Like maybe you think that you're making a lot, when in comparison to somebody else you're not or they're making more you know what I mean like and you don't know that unless you know what others are making and what their place in the marketplace is and if you realize like we have literally the same sales get or the same age we've been doing it at the same time why are they making fifty thousand dollars more than me it gives you power to be like why are they making fifty thousand dollars more than me It's not because of the skills they have. It's not because of more experience. It's literally because they asked for it and they realized they were worth that much and because maybe someone else told them how much they were making and they realized they were being underpaid, right? But we don't know these things until we have those conversations. And then you can take it from there, but then you get the power back to decide what to do with it. Anyways, wrapping this up for real, uh, I will be in your ears for another episode next week and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Adios, friend.